Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast, the podcast dedicated to simplifying the commercial real estate industry for the masses. Each week, we sit down with industry experts to dissect the many facets of commercial real estate and extract valuable lessons you can apply to your business. Whether you're a new or seasoned business owner or investor, the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast will be your go-to resource for all your commercial real estate needs. Now, here are your hosts, Rafael Collazo and Jeff Walston. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Collazo, here with my co-host, Jeff Walston. How's it going, my friend? Doing great. How are you doing, Rafael? Cannot complain. Uh, just uh, working on some stuff here at the home office. It's always uh, great to be able to have the flexibility to work from home or go to the office when need be when I'm meeting with clients. So definitely enjoying the work from home situation still. It's definitely a benefit. Um, actually, as I've been working, I was prepping for the uh, Labor Day barbecue that I'm throwing that you're invited to. And uh, yeah, getting ready for that. So it should be a lot of fun. And yeah, all, all Labor Labor Day and a lot of the holiday weekends I enjoy because I get together with, you know, you and other people that just celebrate friendship and just kind of hanging out and, and really enjoying the longer weekend. But uh, speaking of a celebration, uh, I actually really, really, really got a lot of value from this uh, guest. His name is Michael Beckerman, who's the CEO of CRE Tech. And for those of you guys who don't know, I actually come from a tech background. I was an engineering college and got into software consulting uh, for five years. So we were kind of geeking out on this on this podcast about commercial real estate technology and implementation of software systems, which is what I did for almost five years. So uh, one of the things we talked about within the podcast episode is, is, you know, the CRE industry tends to lag other industries and in technology adoption. And so we talked about some of the reasons why that was the case. And then how does that going to evolve over the next decade or several decades? Uh, we talked about some of the, the interesting technological advances that are coming down through the, the brokerage side, the construction side, how different software systems can help landlords make better decisions about tenants. We talked about how work from home was going to evolve even post-COVID and how the transition from you know the office to home is one that's probably going to continue, but it's going to have some nuances that we discussed within the, the episode. Uh, and then we talked a lot about the implementation side, which is something that I'm very interested in. What I did for a long period of time is just because a software system provides some sort of solution, the implementation of that software system within a large organization can be quite difficult from a technology you know, adaptive standpoint, meaning that a lot of people have to be bought in to the, to the process and you have to have leadership within the organization that kind of becomes the champion of making sure that that software system's used and then ultimately benefits the organization. So we talked a lot about how change management occurs when, it, when, you're, when you're dealing with software projects. So I got a ton of value from this podcast. Um, Jeff, what do you think as far as uh, feedback is concerned? I'm just excited for everyone to hear this one, just like you said, uh, about the technology and the advances that how it's uh, springing us forward into the future. So I'm excited, yeah. to, excited to hear it as well. Yeah, of course. And yeah, the commercial real estate business is ripe for opportunities within the technological space. And we're really excited to hear what you guys have to think about this particular podcast episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in. Hey, Michael, great seeing you this uh, fine afternoon. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. I'm a big fan and anxious to spend some time with you. Oh, for sure. And for those of you guys who are listening, I actually found out and, and learned more about Michael through a good friend of ours that has, was our, actually our first interview on the podcast. Chad Griffith, uh, he had you on as a guest and you provide a ton of great insights on his show. And I thought, what better way to learn a little bit more about technology within commercial real estate than inviting really the 
the go-to person with that. So thanks again, thanks, Michael. Man. I appreciate it. That's great. And I also got to give a, a, a shout out to my friends at Industrious who are hosting me today in their beautiful Midtown offices. I'm not paid for that. I'm just a fan. So oh, for sure. yeah, thanks, Michael. thanks so much for the kind words. Anxious to jump in. Oh, for sure. No. And, and we're excited to host you. But one, one of the things that I wanted to do, and this is what we do with all of our guests when we first start, is we want to learn a little bit more about you. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and really what got you interested in commercial real estate? Oh, man. I don't want to bore the audience and put them to sleep because you've got, you've got a good-sized audience, and I don't want you to lose anybody as a result of you talking to me. But, you know, I'm a, I'm a failed college student a billion years ago. And I was just looking for something to, to, to pay the bills. And uh, I always was a news junkie. You know, that was like my thing. I just loved reading. And so I stumbled upon this, uh, this industry called public relations. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, go to, I didn't study it. And I wanted to be a PR person. And I stumbled again into the commercial real estate industry. I just kind of fell into it. This is before you were born. And I, I spent 25 years doing PR for commercial real estate. So, you know, we built into a big agency before I finally exited that business and then was looking for the next blank canvas for me, because that's what I'm excited about and interested in life. And it happened to be technology. I'm not a tech guy. I barely could turn on my phone. I got my, my kids do it for me every morning and fix it all for me every time I break it. So I've been on this journey for the last, say, you know, six, seven, eight years about how do I build this commercial real estate tech ecosystem globally? And that's what I've been doing at Cree Tech for the last bunch of years. Oh, for sure. So I, interestingly enough, I actually come from a technical background. So I was an engineer in college and got into the software business. I was doing that for about five years prior to jumping into the commercial real estate field. So I think it's sorely needed. I think that- Well, I, I think I should be interviewing you then. No, I mean, no, I, I didn't do, I didn't do, I didn't do a ton on the, on the commercial real estate side. Mine was tax software, which is very exciting, isn't it? But- um, Well, I think, you know, but I think that's a, a lot, there's probably a lot of applications that you could find from that industry over here to commercial real estate. It's B2B probably mm -hmm. to a large degree. It's a big industry that does not use technology the way that its processes work. And that's what I'm the mission I'm on, as I said, at Cree Tech. No, for sure. So one of the questions we would love to dive into really is why do you think that the commercial real estate industry is kind of lag behind some other industries yeah. in technology adoption? That's such a great question. So listen, I'm, I'm a Buddhist. I'm a pacifist. I don't get too upset. I don't get too angry. But I kind of get pissed off when people come to this industry and they go, the commercial real estate industry is archaic and they're ripe for disruption. I don't know if I can curse on your show, but BS, okay? Because you're going to fail. The reason why the industry has never embraced technology is because it never had to. It's been working phenomenally well for decades and generations and great wealth has been created and it just didn't need it. Well, things have changed though because the clients are demanding it and there's more efficient ways to, to do business. I mean, you know, you guys know this very, very well in the business that you've built. So, it's, it's really just, it's an industry that is underinvested in technology because it never had the impetus. It never had a reason to. It invests historically about 1% of its revenue back into R&D, where the, the rest of, sorry, corporate America is about 3% or more. And yet it's the largest industry measured by global GDP on earth. I think it's something like a $22 trillion industry. It's massive, but it's underinvested because it's, it's never really had the, uh, the, the, the need to. That's all changed now, obviously. 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I noticed it in, in, in coming from a technology background, coming into the, the commercial real estate side, I, I definitely saw there, there, there are opportunities to adopt technology, but like you were saying, I mean, the commercial real estate business is so, so relationship driven, you know, a lot right. of it has to do with just right. what relationships are you able to develop with business owners, investors, right. et cetera, to be able to right. transact within a, a broader environment. And so right. that will never be replaced never. by technology. There's, there's just never. no way to replace that, but there are some things, which I know we'll dive into this interview where you can augment some of the, right. you know, the day-to-day -day operations on the brokerage investor and, or, or landlord side to make it a little bit more seamless so that you don't have right. to focus so much on these monotonous tasks that technology can really just replace altogether. Yeah, so. so the broker will never be replaced, ever. You know, and, and the comparable that I look at, Raphael, is like I always look at sort of fintech and investment banking because that's what commercial real estate professionals are. They're investment bankers. They're using information, knowledge, experience, expertise to help a client formulate the best strategy for their particular business, right? In a nutshell, it's much more than that. But and if you look at what's happened on Wall Street in the in the investment banking, financial services, the best professionals are just making more money by using technology. Yeah, there's been some contraction in terms of back office, you know. Sorry to say, but the the role of that professional will never go away. But how do you become more efficient? How do you service your clients better? And as an owner operator, how do you make better decisions using all these tools that are available? So I see it as a way for companies just to get better. Yeah, there are some jobs that are going to be lost by duplication of effort, a lot of repetitive tasks, things like that. But it's a value add for sure. 100%. And just because you lose jobs in one sector, it's going to create a whole new different jobs altogether. So look at the horse and buggy back in the 20s. I mean, people who were repairing horse and buggies lost their jobs, but now it was completely replaced by something else. And I'm not making the comparison meaning- No, like no, no, I know you are. But there's, but, but there's obviously attrition, but there's, yeah. there's also addition as well. There's 100% addition. I mean, you look at someone like yourself who's coming to the industry from the tech side. I wish I had a number on the amount of jobs that are available in the real estate tech sector. Most companies are stressed now because they can't hire fast enough that are, that are serving the industry. So there are absolutely jobs being created and not being filled. So we're, we're trying to attract people to the industry. And I'll just say this, you know, COVID has been horrific, right? It's, it's terrible. And we're still fighting through it, uh, clearly. But what it did do was it showed the industry that you could work from anywhere, and you could use tools and be more efficient. So COVID was, for the wrong reasons, a tremendous accelerant of technology. I feel like, I can't quantify it, it was like a 10X of adoption in 10 months during the COVID storm of 2020. I mean, that's what, kind of what it felt like. So everybody was really nervous in the beginning, and then all the tech companies were like, oh my gosh, my sales are through the roof, because everybody's now relying on things that you used to do manually, walk somewhere, take pictures, do a tour, collect data in old fashioned ways. And now you're like, oh my gosh, all these tools are available at my fingertips. I can get them on my phone, right? I, I could show space on my phone. I, I can, you know, there's so many tools that are out there. So that's, I think where we're at right now. So there's no turning back clearly. Oh, hundred percent. And sometimes you need that like cutoff point and say, okay, now 
things going forward are going to be be changed. I, I know on the software side, it's like when you transition from an old software to a new software, we would just turn off the old software at a certain point. So there's no turning back at that point. And yeah. people have to kind of sink or swim or adopt the new technology. And obviously, initially, there's some hesitation and there's yeah. some frustration. But you know, over the next 6, 12 months, it's like, oh, now people feel comfortable with it. And I feel like that's what happened in COVID. It's similar type of scenario where it was essentially a forced change that allowed people to adopt that new technology. And now it becomes a lot more part of their day-to-day operation. And I'll just say this for your audience that, that maybe not f- so familiar with the real estate tech sector, commercial real estate tech sector is we're still in like the first or second inning. Like sure. there's 7,000 startups that are trying to serve the commercial real estate industry globally, right? A lot of them are, are sort of, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but a lot of them are problems looking for solutions. And we're just like getting started as an ecosystem, understanding how to create great efficiencies in in this massive industry. So I I feel like, you know, I'm so excited every day because like, I feel like, my goodness, we're just getting started. It's, It's just the beginning. That's awesome. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to ask you is, Obviously, there's a lot of people in our audience that all that are on the brokerage side, and as particular with commercial real estate. So, what are some of the technological advances you're seeing coming down the pike that you're really excited about and think could be really disruptive within the industry? Yeah, it's a great question. So, I would just take a step back and say, look, if you're on the services side, the thing that's really pushing demand for the tech solutions is customers. So, if you're a landlord rep, the landlords are all looking to work with providers that have these tools that, that it's intuitive to them, right? So a broker that walks into a big landlord's office and starts sh- using some of these tools has a competitive advantage. The competitive advantage used to be knowledge or, or whatever. Now, I really believe it's technology. So if, if you're a landlord broker, there's clear benefits to, to adopting technology. If you're a tenant rep broker, for sure, your tenants, your, your customers are all embracing technology. I mean, one of the, the great parts of my job is that I get to talk to all the landlords and their CIOs and their CTOs, and they are, they are leaning in on technology. And then I give a lot of keynotes for tenants and the heads of real estate, and they're all leaning in. So I can't stress enough, Raphael, the importance of brokers adopting technology, whether their company is giving them the tools or not. Go find them. Come to Cree Tech. I put out a daily newsletter every day, free. Goes out to about 100,000 people. You'll find lots of tools that are referenced in these newsletters. So what are some of the easy ones? I mean, clearly, you know, there's things like virtual showings. There's things like, you know, a data and information is a huge category. Um, there's things like closing a transaction now is easier than ever. There's things like communication tools that are easier than ever. So if you look at what's scaling today, I don't want to give you names because then I'm going to leave some out, but you know, you look at the Matterports of the world, you look at the BTSs of the world, you look at the cherries or the Reonomies on the data side, uh, you know, you, you look at the tenant engagement side, the HQOs, the equiums and the lanes. Uh, this, you know, you look at the transactional side, the communication side of DealPath or Juniper Square. There's just so many that, you know, that on the construction side of Procore, on the FinTech side of Get Jones, on the insurance side, the compliance side. There's no part of the industry that does not have a solution there. 
ready, willing, and able. And I, what I tell people is, well, if you're overwhelmed by it, you know, go look at a couple of these sites, look at the logos on their homepage to who's using it and start there. You know, you don't have to be the one that takes the most risk in stepping out and say, oh, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be the one to try that. You know what? There's so much out there already being used whether it's CoStar or Yardy or Building Engines. I mean, there's so many out there. I, don't, you can't, even, I can't even list them all. So just go find out what your peers are using. I mean, that's, that's what I say is, the, is a great thing. There's also a whole nut. What I think what I'm most excited about, Raphael, is like, I think the flex space world, I think, is seeing some extraordinary technology. I think you're going to start to see, and you're already starting to see it, where the brokerages are buying or investing in a lot of the, the flex space operators, the industriouses of the world, you know, the Kavines, the IWGs, you're seeing Cushman, CBRE making investments. And I think there's a lot of startups like UpFlex that you're going to have like tools where you, you, know, you can get access to all sorts of um, flex space options at your fingertips. So I think there's just a lot there to unpack um, in, in the sector. When I think about what am I excited about, I think it's one of the things that's happening is we're seeing a lot of consolidation. So it might not be like uh, uh, an actual solution that I'm excited about. I just think it's about single point of solutions where there's a lot of M&A in the space. And I think that's what the headlines are going to be over the next 12, 24 months. Oh, 100%. I mean, just from an adoption standpoint, as I got into the industry, I mean, utilizing an effective CRM just to be able to oh track. Yeah, I mean, that, that information, sure. it, right? it's right? so like, critical. There you go. There you go. That, that in and of itself can save you a significant well, what are amount of time. Using? Like, let me flip it back. Like, yeah. Let's talk so, about what you're using. I use PipeDrive. It's not necessarily specific to commercial real estate, but you can kind of augment it to be, you know, whatever you'd like it to be. And I know a lot of other people that are using like Salesforce and various other CRMs out there that can be extremely effective in order to track data for your clients or whatever else. And then similar to what you said, Rianomy or the, some of these other mediums that capture data specific to right. commercial real estate right. makes you such a potent individual yes. when it comes to be able to provide data to your clients because ultimately they're going to need that data to be able to make the best decision for their business. And so, you know, being able to be that go-to resource and provide these individuals with the data that they need to make great decisions, you become an asset, really. Absolutely. Right. And if you look at... Um, if you just look at the trend of the big brokerage firms, they're the most active buyers right now and investors. You look at JLL buying Skyline AI, right? Why? You know, where we're going is in predictive analytics. So they want to be able to go to either their brokers or their professionals or their clients and say, you know, like when I got in the industry, data was always historical. This is what happened in last quarter. And then you got to the point where like, okay, we're going to give you real-time data, right? That's where we're at. Where we're going, it's all about, based on all these data sets, this is the recommendation. This is predictive. This is either who's going to buy, who's going to lease. You know, when, you, when I talk to landlords, what they're using now is they're building their own proprietary tools that are telling them, go to Memphis, go to Louisville, and buy in that neighborhood you know, with confidence. And, th and that's what's so exciting about where we're going as an industry. Oh, for sure. No, those, those, those are some great insights. So on that note, we also have a good amount of it, our listeners that are on the construction end of things, whether they're GCs or developers, et cetera. So can you talk to a little bit about maybe that side of things as well? I think that 
there's obviously some corollary innovations, but maybe there's some that we haven't talked about yet that could be of, of value to them. You know, just looking at it from a very macro uh, lens, the, the, I think the two parts of commercial real estate that are going to see the most tech adoption in the near term and in the long term is going to be construction and probably property management because there are, there are archaic systems and processes that, that can be incredibly enhanced through technology. So, you know, you look at a company like Procore, they're crushing it. I mean, they're, they went public. They're doing incredibly well. And it's, again, building that single source solution of data and information, all things construction. But it, it's more than that. There's construction payments and draws and technology that's enhancing that. There's on the compliance, on the risk side as well. So the entire, and there's some great construction companies that are leaning in big time on construction tech like Suffolk and many, 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 many others. So I think construction, and then I think property management, because these are very manually intensive sectors that can be enhanced through technology. So all the data that we collect, that we look at, that others like ULI and others that are compiling or an EY that are doing a lot of great research in the space, PwC and other, are telling us all that it's construction, 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 as what's going to be a massive tech sector within commercial real estate. So I would say construction is probably, if, if commercial real estate and data and information and marketing and CRMs is in the second inning, construction's in the first, but close your eyes. And when you wake up tomorrow, it's going to be in the fifth inning. It's going to go fast. That's awesome. And, and again, I think there's so much value there because when you're looking at some of these large construction projects, even a two or 3% efficiency increase on some of these hundred million $200 million developments is a significant amount of savings. So even, even some sort of augmentation with technology that could potentially give you even potentially more than that efficiency increase. I mean, that's, that's huge money. Yeah. So, and it's that, and it's, it's safety. Of it's, course. Uh, you know, there, there's some incredible visualization and real-time monitoring of construction sites that are giving great data about who's coming onto the site, how much material they're delivering. I mean, and, you know, it's just eliminating so much waste and, you know, potentially fraud and things like that. And then the other part I'd put in there, which is really exciting, is the digital twin, which is giving companies an exact digital replica of every building. So it's also on the property maintenance side where, you, you know, you've got all this information that you could see in real time about, what's happening on these assets. And you look at a company like Willow and, and it's just extraordinary innovation in digital twins just getting started. It's really exciting coming down the pike. But it is. It is. So so you mentioned Can briefly- you tell I'm a little excited about my job? <laughs> no, I mean, I-, I Listen, I'm I'm a, I'm a kind of a tech guy, so I, I'm excited about it too. I think that it's it's something that's, that's necessary and, and I'm really excited to be one of those early adopters, if possible, to be able to, right. you know, you are, man. I, I love, I think you absolutely are. You're one of the, one of the absolute early adopters. So you mentioned briefly, you know, when we were discussing some of the brokers side, another subsect of our listeners are investors and landlords. They own commercial properties. They're either shopping centers or, you know, multifamily or, you know, industrial flex space, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So could you kind of talk to us a little bit about, you, you mentioned a little bit about the predictive analytics as far as like being able to make decisions when it comes to purchasing a property, but maybe could you also talk a little bit about, you know, some of the other facets of what is beneficial from the investor side? Well, when I think about the um, adoption in the industry, 
I think it's office. It's also multifamily. And again, we're all B2B. So it's not, there's no consumer facing on Cretech. It's all about business to business. So multifamily is extraordinarily active in the tech space. So from the, you know, from a landlord perspective, and I think the challenges that landlords have is they don't have the internal infrastructure to, to vet and then onboard. So one of the things that I'm really trying to help the industry do is figure out what are the tools that they can adopt given their internal team, right? Because a lot of these companies don't have CTOs. They don't have you know, a lot of in-house talent devoted to technology. So when you think about, you know, again, going back to the brokerage side, this is where service professionals can add extraordinary value to their clients by, by saying to a landlord, these are the tools that I will use to help then better, you know, get you better informed. So um, again, going back to the brokerage side. So landlords, what are they doing? Um, they're definitely trying to, step one feels like it's figuring out all the data that they have within their organization and, and, and organize it in such a way and put it into dashboards so they can get real-time accurate analysis of occupancy, absorption, pricing, everything. So I think like data clearly is probably the number one part of real estate tech that landlords are, are, are going for right now. And then I think the second would be on the property management, property maintenance side. Um, I think that's where we're seeing a lot of like adoption in this space. And then I think where, where they're going is getting towards that predictive analytics. Like how do I know, what, what, what can all of this data tell me about where I should be going next? And there, you know, I'll tell you that without giving names, I mean, the largest private equity, the largest real estate investors in the world are not making acquisition disposition decisions without analyzing what the data is telling them. They are no, they are not relying on just humans to inform them of decisions from what they heard or what they've seen or their own sort of gut instinct or what trends they're seeing in the marketplace. It's all about data. And this is now the competitive advantage, right? So what the industry is figuring out is, hey, why, why is that company buying that industrial portfolio now in Louisville? Why? Because the data informed them that there's going to be rental growth there, because the population growth is there, because the corporate base is there, because of all of this data is informing them. That's the holy grail. That's where we're going. And, and there's a lot, a lot, a lot of companies, not just the biggest ones, but ones that are very dominant and successful, privately held, that are already there and building that. Yeah, and then there's there's concerted effort on their part in order to find a, a solution that can fill that need for them. So, you know, that's something that's uh, that's quite interesting to hear you say that. So, as we're recording this, we're currently still, hopefully, near the tail end of, of COVID. I mean, who knows at this point? <laughs> yeah, crossing your fingers. I mean, it's been definitely an interesting year and a half, to say the least, especially in the commercial real estate space. Interesting. Interesting. That's how you describe it, Robbie? Hey, I got to be P- I gotta, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, PC. I'm trying to keep it PC. <laughs> no, but I guess one thing that, I, that I'd love to, to get your take on is, is really the work from home piece. This has been something that a lot of people have really been forced to do given this particular situation, you know? So how do you think that the work from home culture that we've kind of groomed over the last 12 to 18 months will affect 
how people approach, you know, their, their technology needs going forward. In particular, when you're talking about these larger companies that, that probably have a lot of their staff still working from home. I'm actually doing a keynote on, on this very, very subject. And I, I don't think that, you know, the COVID environment created a new movement. What I think it did is it accelerated something that was already there, right? It was a seed and COVID was, you know, just sort of this thing just grew as a result. So what, pe- what companies realized was people can work from home and you can have flexibility in the workplace. It's not going to be, you know, the pendulum, as you, if you're as old as me, young man, it's never the extremes. It never is. New York City's dead. This city's dead. It, bullshit. It's never that. Work from home is going to be everything. No, that's not the case. Let's meet in the middle. That's where it is. It's flexibility. So, so the other thing that's happening, though, is employees have all the power today. Employees. Employees are saying, culture matters to me. And what is culture? Flexibility. The new perk is flex, right? And so then employers are saying, you know, I got to hire. I need to, you know, I got to cater my, my environment, my culture to these people that want this kind of flex environment. And then the landlords in the real estate sector says, well, I got to cater to them. So what does it look like? My humble opinion is the old mantra of location, location, location is now technology, technology, technology. Why? Because the work for an employer to cater to the employee's need of what they want, health, wellness, safety, and flex, it's technology that gets them there. And so, you know, what I think about is like, this is another enormous opportunity for the real estate industry to to meet the needs of the marketplace. And again, I'm not trying to piss anybody off. I don't want you to lose subscribers (laughs) by listening to me, but in real estate, you know, we all knew the customer was the capital markets. It wasn't the tenant, you know, the capital markets is where the people made their money. Let me secure this lease seven, 10 years. I could trade this. I can monetize that right capital market. It's now the customer. We are in the hospitality industry, people. And, and that's what the landlords are now kind of really, really getting behind. So you're, st- you're going to start to see, and I'm in New York, you see it already. You see it from the RXRs of the world, from the Oxfords, from the Jamestowns, from the big landlords are branding themselves out in the marketplace as a hospitality company. Come to our space. We've got all the tools and the technology to get you in, make it safe create flexibility. That's why tenant experience is so hot right now. And like companies like HQO, which are, are doubling and tripling every couple months in scale, because that's catering to the tenant who's catering to their employee. So this is going to be the new norm. There's no going back. It's only going to accelerate. So will it, is it work from home? No, it's just flex. That's what it is. Yeah, just giving people the the flexibility to be able to operate within their desirable environment. I mean, there's I'm, there's plenty of people who love being in the office. I'm kind of one of those people too. Like, there's certain things that I can do at home. Where if I need to be, you know, focused and in line and get things done, sometimes being in my my home office and just focusing on stuff can work great. But a lot of times, if I'm interacting with clients or doing something else, I need to have a separate area where I can take them to a conference room or meet them on site somewhere or whatever else. So having that flexibility really can be of value to people in all different types of industries, not just commercial. And right, man, you're absolutely right. And also I think the, the office becomes something that different, mm-hmm. right? Like if you think about it, 
And Lisa Picard, the CEO of Equity of EQ Office, she, she's been writing about this for a while. The office building, we need the industry to think of the office building. She said this, much more articulate than I am, as a Tesla. What did Tesla do? Took a car. Is it a better looking car? I don't know. I mean, I'm not really a car guy, but that car now has is 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 really just about the, the operating system. That's where our office is going. So you're going to have these operating systems that can tune itself autonomously, right? Because office buildings, I mean, I'm looking out the window, I'm in midtown Manhattan. These office buildings haven't changed much in generations, right? But that's where we're going into an OS for office buildings to be able to self-tune for the market. And the market now has all the power. And that's a good thing because that's where innovation comes from. 100%. That's some, that's some great insights, Michael, really. It's not mine. I, I steal everything. I, I'm just faking it, man. I'm just faking it until I make it. Well, what was Steve Jobs used to say? Uh, was it plagiarist copy artist steal or something along those lines? So <laughs> you're, an, you're a true artist, Michael. That's what I, I just try and remember what far smarter people tell me and I regurgitate it and butcher it. That's what I'm saying. My job is just to be a listener and observe what other people are doing and uh, just kind of try and bring that to the industry as a whole. But these are not my ideas. Well, no, but but again, it, it, I think you provide the the insights because again, you could take in data. Ah. Everyone processes data differently, right? So I could take in data and get a completely different insight than you get. So I think what you do such a great job of is consuming a ton of data and trying to get an idea of where the, the market is going or the trends are going in technology and then oh, providing kind. a unique insight that you can share with the world. And so I, I really think that you're doing oh, a you're kind. Job. I think what I try and do is just, I don't really get too excited about talking about like what's happening today. Is like, I get really excited about like, what does the market look like three to five years from today? Like, what does our industry eventually look like? Because anybody could talk about what's on the ground today. And I know that's not what we're talking about. That's why I get so excited to have these conversations. Like, where are we going? What's next? What, what do you see, right? I'm like that kid in Sixth Sense that, you know, he says, I see dead people. Like, I like to see markets move and trends. Real estate industry knows multifamily office. They, they know the, the, the bricks and the mortar. What I like to see is markets and how they move. That's why I'm hijacking, hijacking your agenda. That's why climate. That's why for me right now, nothing more important to talk about than climate because, and you know, at Cretech, our audience is, is global. We are in the States, we are so behind in having this conversation about climate technology and the real estate industry. They're talking about this in Europe uh, with, with such a, a greater degree and a heightened sense of urgency than we are in this industry needs to get shit together and start to prioritize this now. That's awesome. Call to off action. Call to off action. Off the soapbox, man. Yeah. <laughs> off the soapbox. No, I, I think that's awesome. Really. No, that's awesome. So we've talked about, you know, all the different trends that are going on within the industry and, you know, some of the different resources out there that people can utilize within their business, whether on the brokerage side, commercial uh, construction side, or maybe even a landlord. One thing I wanted to talk about is change management. Because this is something that I've dealt with a lot, in particular on the technology side, is when you come on site to a location or, or an area where you know someone has, has utilized a process or a technology for an extended period of time and you implement a new change, there's always friction. There's, there's a lot of friction. So let's say that you are you know, at a company uh, that has been utilizing you know, a particular technology or maybe they haven't been incorporating any type of technology into their ecosystem and now they want to be like that 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 leader when it comes to implementing a new new system within their their overall business uh what advice would you give to someone to kind of help 
smooth the path over. So I, I'm just trying to get your insight because I, I've, I've obviously, have, obviously had experience in this, but I'm just kind of curious. As okay, to I, then you, you should share. tell me. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it, no, but I'm curious to hear what if you've had if you had similar uh, experiences. The hardest part in real estate tech uh, commercial has been adoption. That's the hardest part. That's why we were talking earlier about people that come in and go, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, disrupt and I'm going to scale. And, you know, you see these decks from the startups and it's, uh, this, uh, of course, it's the hockey stick and I'm going to go from zero to a hundred million in revenue and I'm going to be a unicorn in 20 seconds. Right. And it's like, you don't understand the customer base. Change management is the hardest part of this industry. Right. We're not all trained in it. We we're, it's not intuitive to us. We didn't grow up in it. It's been resistant, but now it's now saying, okay, we know we have to, we got to get better. We got to get more efficient. And that's what's driving everything. It's ROI, ROI, ROI. These are not, these are not shiny objects that are fun, cool toys. You know, we're not working, we're not adopting holograms yet in, in, you know, in communicating that way just yet. So the, the industry has the want now, but how? So the best practices that I've seen, it's, it's hard, man. Like, it has to come from the top. You got to get buy-in from the senior leadership. Like if your C-suite is not into this, good luck. Like it doesn't happen from the bottom up. It's got to come from the top down and bottom up at the same time. And, you know, the best startups are the ones that are investing more in customer service and customer adoption than they are in just sales. Right. So that's, that's what you see. And that's one of the other things I look for. If I was looking for to adopt a new technology, I would go to the website and I would listen and learn and look for professionals on that, at that company that are devoted to customer service and onboarding. That's number one. So I don't know that I have any, you know, great anecdotes, man, but you know, you look at like, when I talk to great companies like Hudson Pacific or Oxford or Jamestown, there are groups within these organizations that are just devoted to change management. And it's not just like, you know, let me walk around the office and get everybody to use this tool. It's got to be this cohesive, integrated, thoughtful plan. That's why I say start small, right? And a lot of the research that we do a lot of consulting at Cretech, and that's what we go in first and say, let's just do a SWOT analysis. What are you using? And then what do, part of that SWOT analysis is like, let's look at your team. Let's, let's look like who's adopting, who's not, by what department. And you could be really methodical about it. Maybe you start with marketing. You know, how can we use some of these tools to better enhance our marketing? Start there. Maybe it could be construction, but it's got to be a holistic thing. It's not just off the shelf. I don't know. What, do, what have you seen? Yeah. So I'll give you a background on me. So I used to work for, with a company that we used to implement commercial off-the-shelf software products, essentially. But the, we had a particular software product that we would go in, we'd, we'd analyze whatever their business use was, and then we would tailor the software product to fit their needs. And the, what I found a lot of times is, number one, start small. Start with a small yeah. subsystem and then right. kind of work your way through the different, the different parcels. And primarily because that's a proof of concept. So once you have that proof of concept in place, Adoption across the different spectrums is a lot easier. As far mm. as the buy-in is concerned, you're right. C-suite down mm. because the C-suite is the leaders. Those are the ones who are kind of going to drive the boat forward. And if mm. the C-suite becomes the champion of this particular software system, you slowly start getting buy-in from the bottom. And then, I mean, after a while, what it really, really comes down to is having a termination date as far as when this old process right. is going to be used and then just 
jump ship and just try yeah. try and the first several right. months or however long is going to be tough and it's probably right. going to be less efficient than right. what you had before but once it. you hit that inflection yeah. point it's that's just right. no difference yeah. Yeah. that's really smart man that's great that's great you said it much uh, more uh thoughtful and articulate than i and i think the last thing is like what i sense too that works is celebrate the wins internally like hey you know our company was able to save 1% on this construction project because we use this technology and therefore the benefits of the company is this, right? And I think you got to sell it and you got to create, one of the things I've seen is like, it's got to be culture, right? And I, I look at the best companies. Again, I, I point to the ones I'm staring at. Like you look at an RXR. Well, Scott Reckler is way out in front as the CEO of RXR, big landlord in New York, of, of educating the entire organization about the benefits of technology, why it's so important to the company, and then, you know, specifically what they're doing. And then it goes everywhere throughout the organization. But I think you need leadership. And if you don't have it, honestly, and they're just sort of window dressing, I'd say, you know, jump ship, get the hell out. That's what the industry's starving for is like the innovator mindset. It, it doesn't matter how old you could be young like you or an old fart like me. It doesn't matter. That's what the industry's starving for. Change agents. Great advice. Great, great insights, really. No, really, no. But so one of the things we ask all of our guests near, near the tail end of the interview is to share with us what was one of the most impactful books you've ever read and, you know, kind of share some oh insights from what you learned. I know it's pretty profound, isn't it? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you, I'm going to get heavy. I didn't know we, this was going to be like, a, <laughs> like a, you know, therapeutic or spiritual podcast. Uh, but, you know, books as it relates to tech or, or books in life. However you, you'd like. You know, we've had people talk about, you know, various different books. Obviously, one that's reoccurring is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We've had, uh, you know, various other ones like uh, personal development books. Uh, so, I mean, it, it could be technology related. It could be, you know, your own personal one. So I don't read any business books. I never have. What I read are books that help me with my mind and uh, clarity and books that help me as a human because i feel like if i'm a if i'm more well adjusted as a human in my personal life then i'm a better hopefully leader in my professional life so i i put all my time in terms of reading and learning and knowledge on the sort of the spiritual side on the human side i gravitate towards stories of extraordinary human perseverance of people who overcome tremendous suffering and, uh, you know, can endure just real hardship because in those like, well, I don't have really any hardship in my life. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm happily married dude for 20 years. I don't know if she is, but I am, I got two <laughs> great kids. I got, I got a lot of great friends. I love my job. You know, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world, but, uh, I do draw a lot upon, human experience because then it helps me you know i practice mindfulness so any book that helps me focus on mindfulness any book that helps me focus on you know just being present so a couple books i'd say it's heavy man's search for meaning by victor frankel is my number one book i recommend it to everybody because here's a guy who tells the story of the worst genocide horrific crime ever committed in humanity and he was able to find a meaning in that suffering. So if he can do that, I mean, come on. I mean, what, what's my suffering? You know, 
cash flow? I mean, really? I mean, I'm not serious. Like, you know, things like that. Another great one, which I love, which helps me with my mindfulness is a book called Untethered Soul, which is just about, you know, not listening to the thoughts in your head and just kind of staying present in the moment. And then uh, Thich Nhat Hanh has a great book about mindfulness that's been around forever uh, that really just, again, helps you stay very, very present. So those are my three books. Heavy there, shit, I know. No, but, no, but that's great. Know. And like you said, I mean, business books have their place, but in reality, I mean, we're multivariate creatures, right? And in order for us to perform the best in all facets of our life, because, you know, career isn't everything. You know, you've got your personal life, you've got your spiritual life, you've got your 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 professional life. And so I think reading mindfulness books, Man's Search for Meeting was near the top of my list as well. Oh, One of the great. best books I've ever read. And, and, and again, it's because of that, you know, finding meaning in your suffering. And that's something that obviously Buddhist teachings teach a lot yeah. about is that, you know, if you're able to find that meaning within your suffering, you can almost overcome most of anything, anything in life. Anything. Yeah. So well, that's and, great. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and just again, not, this is a commercial real estate tech podcast, and, but I think the one thing about that, that the mindfulness has helped me really to understand is that when, when challenges come to me, right? What I've learned is they come to me for a reason. And rather than sit there and go, oh God, and play the victim, you go, what's the lesson here? So, so, and I'll just, you know, shut up. COVID comes to my business. We're a conference company. We're a conference, you know, content business. It's 2019. It's Brooklyn. It's 2,500, 3,000 people at the Navy Yard. I'm feeling like just, I, we got our mojo, man. Like, Finally, from 10 people around a conference room to, to you know, 2,500 people, I'm looking out, I'm feeling great. And then, you know, this little thing starts percolating called COVID. And it's like, holy shit. So what do you do? You say, victim, victim, victim. Or how do I take this horrific experience and get better as a company, get better as a leader? So my company, we emerge stronger, smarter, having gone through it. Did I enjoy it? Hell no. Am I better as a result? Hell yes. 100%. No, I mean, and, and you, you speak to really anything, regardless of what, what career you're in. I mean, being able to adapt within an environment that is unpredictable or, or facing challenges, I mean, that can apply to anything. And, you know, I, I really commend you for, you know, the insights you shared in particular related to the books that you you read and the insights you drew from those those experiences. So that's awesome, Thanks, really. Really enjoyed talking to you. And I, again, I'm a big fan of all you guys are doing. So, you know, this thing about real estate tech is, you know, while, you know, Cretech gets, you know, we get, we get credit, right? We work hard. I have a wonderful, 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 extraordinary team. Like they, they, they I report to my team. Like they, they run it. You know, we get a lot of credit. It's people like you and your partner that are helping this thing grow like this is a community and i'm deeply deeply appreciative of the time you've given me to talk about it today and all the, the attention that you're putting on the sector man because you're making a big impact and we're really we're deeply grateful oh no and i appreciate your your kind words michael i mean again i, I i'm just excited about it you know i mean when you're passionate about something you just talk yeah. about it and so i'm just really happy to be part of the the growth within the industry and i'm i i think it's we're super bright the future for the industry is super bright so one of the things I wanted to share prior, prior to us, you know, kind of wrapping up the interview was we have something known as the commercial real estate treasure chest. Essentially, this is a repository of resources that we offer to our listeners uh, that just offer free resources for them to learn about 
just the many facets of commercial real estate. So wanted to kind of pose the question to you to see do you, what, what are you willing to contribute to the treasure chest today? Oh man, so much. Well, I, at first I'd encourage everybody to subscribe to the Cretech.com newsletter. It's free. It's every morning. It's 10 stories that we aggregate. There's a wealth of content in there that you'll be able to understand what's happening in the sector. It's free. It's, it's really, really great. And then on the climate side, we've got CreteChClimate.com, which is, which is really my passion and purpose and mission in life is to get the commercial real estate industry to pay attention and invest and adopt climate technologies. Just again, getting, I know I'm getting off the, the topic of what you asked me, the question, but the real estate industry is 40% of all carbon emissions. Number one contributor to climate change. That's a fact between what we, what comes out of these buildings and then embodied carbon, what's happening in the construction process. So go to cretechclimate.com. There's so many resources that are out there. There's so much free content that we have on our websites. There's research reports uh, that are put out by some great, great companies. I've got some decks that I've done that I'll put on there as well, some presentations and what have you. So we'll contribute a lot. We'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll make a big deposit. Oh, I appreciate it. And, 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 and come I, to the conferences. The conferences cost, but come to the conferences uh, in October uh, 13th, 14th in New York. And in, if you're, you know, you've got a global audience in London at the end of October as well. And reach out to me. How about that? Uh, reach, send me an email, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L at Cretech.com. You got a question, I will get right back to you, I promise. So let me be the, the resource there. <laughs> oh, no. And we do definitely appreciate it. And for those of you guys who are listening, I actually subscribe to the CRI Tech newsletter. Phenomenal, phenomenal email Thanks, every man. single morning. We try to... Yeah keep up with all the trends and everything. So I definitely want to put a plug on that. So thank you, My Michael. Thank you hey, so man. much for stopping. I by. know I rambled, but you know what? No. You're a really good interviewer and you, you're knowledgeable and you're good and you're a good, decent human. So I really enjoyed spending time with them. Sorry, I rambled. No, that's and a reflection I, of me having a good time. Oh, for sure. And, and, and I think the rambling is not, it wasn't rambling. It was you providing <laughs> insights and, and really, I think you did, you did a phenomenal job and I know our audience got a lot out of it, uh, but I hope so. if people want to learn a little bit more about you or get in contact, what are some of the best ways to do it? You kind of just already LinkedIn. shared a little bit. I'm, I'm just a LinkedIn guy. So just Michael Beckerman, free tech on LinkedIn. Let's follow each other and then just email me, you know, and ping me and I'm accessible, right? Uh, I just want to help anybody I can. That's sort of my mantra in life, no matter what, somebody's looking for a job, somebody's looking for a tech solution, somebody's looking for a recommendation, helpful hint, just reach out to me and I, I promise I'll, I'll respond. For sure. Yeah. And we'll include that in the description. So if you guys okay, are watching man. this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on a podcast format, it, you, you can access it there. So, well, thank you all so much for stopping by. I really appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. If you're listening thank to this you. on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. It really helps the YouTube algorithm and ensures more and more people can hear this message. If you're listening to this on a podcast format, feel free to drop a five-star review and leave a comment. Give us feedback on what you'd like to hear next. And yeah, we're just excited for you guys all to tune in. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you all next time.